Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again here, coming to you basically live here on a Wednesday night, October 19th. What a cool, cool week we're having so far here in Michigan. Oh, my goodness. Freezing every moment that we get up here and just blowing windy and rain. It's certainly the fall, so I wish everyone here in the United States and I guess the Northern Hemisphere happy fall, you know, congratulations on that. Um, and uh, I hope uh, everyone is staying warm, staying dry, as my father and I just got back from a trip. I, I came to you live last week without any power. I recorded on my phone, so thank you to technology for that. But it was right before we left on this trip where it rained the entire weekend for the most part. But it was still fun. Uh, my dad and I had a great time, and it's amazing when, when you set aside time um, to spend spend with family and everything, it's it's a great, great thing. And I'm very grateful to God for safe travel and logistics and everything. So in any case, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I hope you guys are well tonight as, as you're potentially drifting off to sleep or, or if you're listening to this in the morning, uh, I'm, I hope you're well. I hope your soul is well. And I just, I want to bring a, a short message, something it's it's been a a topic of conversation a lot in my life here as of late with my boss, Mike, and with my parents. And it's a question of servanthood and servitude. And I was, I know I've brought this up before, but I want to kind of hinge upon it. And it was it stemmed from a conversation I had a few nights ago with Pastor James Haldane, who's been on this podcast before, and I can't wait to have him back on soon. But it it stems from from this idea. He asked me this question. He said, think about a wedding. A wedding ceremony. Who, who, what is the wedding ceremony for? Who, who is it for? And I was like, well, it's for the bride and groom. Right, yeah, okay, easy. And then he asked a question, separate question. Well, what is the reception about? Who, who is the reception for? And I'm, you know, I, I paused and I've never thought of this. And he said, it's, it's for the people. And I was like, wait a minute, like, okay, that makes sense. Of course, for the people, you give a wedding reception. And, but on my experience though, it's about the bride and groom still and the cake cutting and the dance floor. And it doesn't really have to do with us because I've been to several weddings where the bride and groom, you know, they do their own thing for a while while we just sit there. And it's like, well, this doesn't really feel like us because we can't eat or do anything until the bride and groom are there. So it's, it's kind of like, well, Wait a minute. Is this? Are we? Are we doing it wrong? Or like, I just—it's one of those things that I thought to myself that wouldn't it be interesting? And I've always thought about this, and I've seen it done. Of course, it's not an original idea, but I love the idea of a husband and wife in front of witnesses and the sight of God, the first act of marriage. It, after after you get married. You kiss and then you you don't do anything. You actually sit back down because now you're officially married. You wash each other's feet after the ceremony, technically. So the first act of marriage in the sight of all the witnesses who have come to support you and give you money and everything, right? Off of your, and all the stuff off your registry at, you know, um, Costco or or wherever that you go to, uh, to get your registry done. What if... The first public act that you did in front of those people is an act of service. Demonstrating to the people that, yeah, this time was about us, but 
we are doing this in the sight of God and as a commitment to one another. And we're also asking you all to hold us accountable in our marriage because our marriage is really not really about the, the, those, the bride and the groom solely because it affects a lot of people. All of your family, your friends who've come to support you, but what about the potential children that you'll have and the impact that those children will have on the world? It's a cascading effect. And I, I think it would be something it'd be cool to do after marriage as a symbol. Now, it would kind of throw the ceremony off on a little bit as far as what we're used to. But I'm, I'm not a fan of how we traditionally have done it. I'm also a huge fan of, of saying, I will, instead of I do. Uh, and there's a lot of liturgical t- traditions that still hold I will because you can do something and not do it. But when you say I will, it's I will always do this. I won't just do it when I feel this way. I will, through sickness and health, through richer or poorer, um, life and in death, I will make this commitment to you, my spouse. Something like that. And then what if most radically you cut immediately to the reception and the bride and groom are serving at the reception because they're servants. Because now we're thanking the people for coming and supporting us and giving us the thousands of dollars, hopefully, right? Let us serve you and let's make this reception the most fun, entertaining, engaging thing. Let's give away some prizes. What, 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 would, it, what would your impression be if, if you show up to a, a, a wedding and you, first off, you believe in the couple. You've gotten them a gift. You're excited for them to get it. And they make this wedding, they, they do it a little bit out of order, so that gets your attention. Then you see them wash each other's feet after they're married. It's not just this grand, you know, experience of like, we get off, now we're going to go do pictures, and then we're going to make you guys wait, and you guys are just going to kind of hang out and have hors d'oeuvres until we get back. No, we're going to do this, and we're going to, Get in, get out really quick. It doesn't have to be a really long ceremony. And then it's like, hey, why don't you join us for our reception at such and such place? We will see you there. And you immediately go there. It's amazing food. It's amazing times. And we are serving you. And then we give you some prizes, some door prizes, some stuff at the table. I know maybe people do this, but what if it was saying, hey, thank you for supporting us. Here's what we want to do for you. We have all of our family and friends under one roof. Let's enjoy that. And how do you enjoy that? By being treated by you showing up as, as you're the honored guest at this wedding and the wedding banquet. You're the one who's got, who is the VIP. What if that was the case? Again, servitude. And I want to go a little more philosophical here, to more, more meta, more a bigger picture. As a Christian, is there any area of your life or our lives where we, where we can afford to not be a servant? In what area are we masters of anything? In what area do we ask everyone else to bow down to us and we don't serve anyone or anything? What, as, as a husband, are you supposed to just rule over your wife in such a way that you never serve her, never honor her? She's always doing something for you? And your kids, are you never serving them? In, in your position at work, are you never serving your people? Now, I think you see this all the time with narcissistic, sinful people who believe the world revolves around them, who expect everything from everyone else but don't give anything in return, to the bosses at work who are only there to push the quarterly bottom line, advance the, the regional manager's agenda or to make the report look good for the board 
at the at quarter end. And they will fire, do, claw, scrape, anything else with any of the subordinates. Treat them as if they're less than human. Does this sound familiar? Or treat their children as a nuisance, as an inconvenience? How many parents have you met where that you honestly believe through their actions that like, do they do they think their kids are more of a annoyance? Like they it seemed like they're an inconvenience to them. I think we've all met these people or at least heard stories, right? But if you're like, honey, how can I serve you today? And I mean that you might not, you know, ask it that way, like maybe like a Downton Abbey, like, how may I be a service? to you today, ladyship. Like, then probably not, right? But what if your actions was always a place of service? I mean, you think of husbands like my father, for example, constantly in servitude of my mother. My mom constantly in servitude of my father. They think about each other so often. Just a little thing of like, hey, I'm on my way home. I'm going to go by the store. I wonder if my wife needs anything. I'm going to call her. Not just to tell her I'm on my way home, but hey, do you want something to drink or eat or is there something that you forgot to store? How can I be serving you? And parents, when they're done at the end of the day, they're just, they had a bad day at work, they come home, their kid jumps in their lap and that's a good time, of course, makes you feel good, but then you get down on the floor and you play with them. My dad and I used to play tackle buddies. You know, he'd be sitting up, you know, legs spread out and then I would go down to the other end of the, the living room and I'd run towards them and then I would tackle. I'd call it tackle buddies. Like, my dad was a police officer and a firefighter. How many easy days on the job are those? Right? And he'd come home and he might not have slept because they had a fire call, so he's been up for 24 hours. He still comes home and he plays tackle buddies with him. That's serving your kid. You're, being a boss at work, if you have anyone under your control, instead of chastising them for every single thing they do wrong, why don't you take some ownership yourself saying, maybe I've played a hand in, in this mistake that was made. Or maybe I could dare ask them, maybe outside of a simple, you know, informative meeting or formal meeting or review saying, hey, how are you doing? Is there anything I can be doing to help you today? Or how's your week been? Taking some time away from the formalities, maybe procedures or codes of, codes of whatever, right? To say, hey, person, is there anything I can be doing to serve you today? I mean, even if you have pets, you have to serve them. Right? You have to feed them. But we don't have a problem doing that. You know, we, we walk our dogs. We feed our fish. We do those things because we know they can't do it themselves. So we have to, by definition, serve them. Now, granted, some, some pets don't talk back to you. Right? It makes it a little bit easier to live with. But is there any area where we can't, where we can afford not to serve? I don't think so. Jesus himself washed his disciples' feet. Said, you know, whoever, you know, Wants to be first, can be last. Not if you're if you're not first, you're last. Not like a Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby thing. But are we are we trying to are we trying to serve each other in every relationship? I wonder what the world would look like, even just in the church, if we looked at every relationship as a place of service and of servitude, constantly laying over what we want trying to serve each other. And guess what? In that scenario, your needs will get met too. That's the beautiful thing. I, I, I'd ask you to be thinking about that tonight. I'm so grateful for your, for your listenership. Thank you for supporting us on SoundCloud and YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. If you ever have a suggestion or feedback for the show, feel free to email us at wsnspodcast at gmail.com.
wsnspodcast.com. I almost forgot it there. Sorry about that. wsnspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time tonight. May God bless you, and may God keep you.